all the way from beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, by way of Sacramento, California, this is Kings in the North Podcast. And now, the starting two for your listening pleasure. Standing six feet four inches tall at a Jesuit high school, the half-Greek freak, Nick Economy. And standing six feet tall out of McClatchy High School, Big Baller Ben. Kings of the North Podcast is sponsored by Cash Considerations. For donations, head up our Patreon. Welcome back. We have reached the eighth week in the NBA season. As we've said, about a quarter of the way through. And the Kings have their best record in years. Uh, it's been an exciting time to be a Kings fan, as most of you may know. So uh, let's look back on a, a pretty good week of NBA basketball. Um, started off in Phoenix on Tuesday with one of the biggest leads in NBA history in a four, first quarter, going up by 27 and keeping the Phoenix Suns under 10 points. Uh, ben, how do you how do you feel about this game? What do you what are your takeaways? Yeah, this was uh, this was one of the most fun fun games of uh, Kings basketball I've seen in a long time. Obviously, the Suns were without Devin Booker, and uh, so that was, you know, they were kind of doomed from the start. With a team that really lacks a facilitating point guard to begin with, uh, it's tough to be losing your leading scorer and the key of your franchise. So uh, I I get why they had a tough time. That being said, um, they just looked god-awful in the first quarter. The bright spot for the Sacramento Kings... Throughout the whole game, but particu- uh, particularly in that first and second quarter, was Willie Cauley Stein's play against number one pick DeAndre Ayton. Um, Willie stepped out, kind of forced DeAndre Ayton well outside of his comfort zone, uh, as far out to the three point line. He was he was uh, he, he had to work extremely hard to get the ball on the block. It was I think Willie's best performance of his career. The uh, the tip drill type balls that led to fast breaks, started by Willie Trill, um, was a huge catalyst to the Kings' success in the first. That being said, we really didn't dominate the rest of the game per se. This, uh, like Grant and Doug were saying, this was this was a game one in the first quarter. Um, I mean, DeAndre Ayton had a quote after the game. Anytime that you go down by 20-plus points in the first quarter, there's no coming back from that. So um, it, it was definitely a good win. There, You can always look at that fourth quarter and say that there's room for improvement, but with the fourth quarter being all garbage time, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, um, I think to that point, I would just like to see garbage time being utilized you know, a little better. Um, we'll talk about this later in the week. I think it's it was surprising. The Kings actually had a lot of uh, garbage time, whole quarters of garbage time this week. And I don't exactly know. We'll get into it. I'm specifically referencing uh, the playing time of one Harry Giles III. But I think for this one, all-around team win. Put up 122 points. So, you know, wasn't out of the ordinary as far as a final score. But we had seven players double figures, led by Buddy Heald with a modest 20 points. But he did that in 18 minutes. Like I said, 
uh, huge game from Willie Trill. Not necessarily um, in you know in the scores in the in the uh, scores box. Only had six points, but he really kind of just took DeAndre into school in the first quarter. Um, yeah, no one played you know an immense amount of minutes. Aaron Fox led the way with 27, 16 points, seven uh, seven assists. That was kind of a theme this uh, this week was De'Aaron getting everyone else involved. This was a good a good week for D. Fox, kind of breaking the the shooting slump he had uh, the week week prior. Um, big eleven points. Shout out to Kostakoufos. Big eleven points in nineteen minutes. Love the bald spot. Great to see him back out there. Yeah. So this this win would move uh, the Kings into ninth, and uh, you know we're. Poised to make that push, it's looking like. Who knows? Still got a lot of games. You want to move on to uh, the Q. Cleveland, Ohio, the mistake on the lake. Yeah, so another good game for the Kings. Close all the way until about that, that late third quarter run where the Kings saw themselves ahead by about eight points, which carried over into the fourth when they really pulled away um, pretty well. Yeah, I think I enjoyed this game. Because this was a hot start for the Kings, which, you know, you always want to see. And then, like we're always talking about, you know, you want consistency through four quarters. We didn't necessarily get that as the Cavs tied it up going into the break. So, what, you know, what do we get out of the Kings? You, you never really know coming out the third quarter. It hasn't been our strongest. First five minutes of the third quarter haven't been our strongest this season. Um, but we played a good enough third quarter, particularly particularly defensively, only giving up 23 points that, like the half-Greek freak just mentioned, really allowed us to kind of, you know, step on their throats, foot on the gas type mentality for the fourth, and obviously we ultimately broke away. We put up 129 points. Lovely. It's always great to, to beat the Cavs with or without LeBron going back, but, uh, you know, it, it just like a nice little, uh, see you later, Dan Gilbert. Yeah. And this one, it was, uh, it was fun to see the $88 million man in, uh, Tristan Thompson, who is, you know, Mr. Kardashian, of course, one of the, uh, one of the more physical bigs, not one of the more, you know, offensively gifted outside of, you know, three feet from the hoop or pulling down a big O board. Yeah. That's, that's really what, you know, he's known for is kind of just getting that extra possession. So it was fun to see Willie and Marvin kind of like work through the uh, the trials and tribulations of someone who's just, you know, s- stronger than they are. Um, a huge game for D-Fox, 30-12. and 12. This was the game that put De'Aaron Fox in the same breath the same sentence as Sacramento Kings legend Mike Bibby the jury's still out on whether there's a uh, a, a bit of steroid use in uh, you know in his post NBA career who knows he's looking great this was actually his second highest points total after that great Hawks triple double earlier in the season um, really just a great showing for D Fox Really went super sane out there, yeah. as he would like to say. Of course. So this this game was 
the first time a Kings point guard has put up 30-plus and 10-plus assists in multiple games in a season since my man Mike Bibby did it 05-06. Speaking of 05-06, you go back a year earlier to 04-05, this was the last time the Kings were over 500 after 24 games, which the win over over Cleveland put them at for the year. So, a good historical game for the Kings. And it's like a nice little push into the second third of the the season. In hockey terms, the second period. So, uh, good win for the boys, the lads, as Dan would say. So, uh, yeah, let's uh, let's move on to a tough one in Indy. Yeah, a game that... I think it was definitely winnable. I think I, I wanted this one more as much or more than any other game this year. Obviously, you want to beat the Lakers and the Warriors and yada, yada, yada. But this was one where I think, you know, obviously, like you just said, winnable game. It's on the road. The Pacers are playing fantastic basketball. Even without, without Oladipo. Vic, Victor Oladipo. It's kind of that uh, win by committee mentality. Like, you know, we said a week ago, we played them seven days prior. They got. Uh, Bojan Bogdanovich. They got Demontis Sabonis. They got all Miles the, Turner. They, they got have... all the foreign uh, and domestic yeah. type guys that that really just kind of come out every night, just kind of uh, are consistently able to put ball in hoop. They're they're really one of their biggest struggles last year in the postseason. If you watch that Cavs series, was, besides LeBron James being there, well, yeah, I mean Oladipo was really their go to guy, and then when it They'd have to rely on somebody that wasn't him or Darren Collison. They had a bit of issues. But they've seemed to kind of round out the team, start filling out the roster depth-wise, and everybody's able to consistently put points. They're going to be a threat in the East this year. Yeah, I, I believe so, too. They're, uh, after this one, the Kings fell by 10. We uh, under 100 points offensively. So that's something, you know, with this team that we really should never see. We'll... Uh, We'll chalk that up to the second night of a back-to-back because we really did, you know, kind of falter in the fourth quarter. We only had five players in double figures, you know, which isn't terrible, but none of them really stood out. Buddy Heald had a great uh, first quarter shooting the ball, which is something you like to see. Went uh, three for three from his first three three pointers. It's a lot of threes in one sentence. It really is. Um, but other than that, we all kind of went ice cold. I think. I think one of the biggest telling stats is that Mister Consistency himself, Costa Kufis, had a big old goose egg in points. I was. That's a wonderful point. I was thinking when I saw this game, De'Aaron set up. There was a Frank Mason and then a De'Aaron uh, series of assists to Costa. You know his bread and butter, the patented half hook. He missed three straight of those. Which really would have put the Kings out in front. I think it would have grown the lead to actually to double digits. And I don't remember the last time Costa missed three half hooks in a game, let alone back to back to back. It was tough. I mean, the the other thing you know you can you can point out, take what you know, at face value or not, but. A very disappointing game for Marvin Bagley III. I think this was his first game of the year. You know, one of the few where you're just like, okay, this guy's a rookie. He's playing about as many games as you would in a college season before Christmas. 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, not all of them are going to be the stellar, you know, 13, 14, 15 point, 6, 7, 8 rebound games. He only played 10 minutes. And why? The dude could not stay out of foul trouble. He only put up four points, two boards. I remember there was a sequence where he drove down the court on the fast break, which is something that, you know, take it or leave it, I don't really want to see that, especially when we have De'Aaron Fox in the game, which he was at that point. Um, Marvin, you know, it was offensive foul for... Um, I believe his fourth next possession, there was, I don't I wouldn't call it ticky-tack because it was a foul. He hooked the arm. That was his fifth, I believe. That could have even been his sixth foul. Either way, it was just so early into the third quarter that I think we were all kind of in awe. Like, okay, this, you know, this guy will come out next game and probably go nuts. But I think we really needed him in this one. Um, like I said, no one really stood out. It was a tough game for um, Bogdan Bogdanovich. Uh, 11 points, 6 assists, 3 boards. So not not a crazy stat line by any means in either direction, good or bad. But the one thing that really hurt him, and you can kind of see this the whole season since his injury, is when Shumpert is taking that you know, veteran type of uh, day off after the back-to-back when he put Bogey in the starting lineup. He's he's had a little trouble scoring the ball. He's looked to facilitate a little more, which is fine, but I think... I mean, I'd like to see him be a little more selfish. I- agreed. I think when he comes off the bench, you see him at the scores table, you know, all right, we're about to get, you know, we could get 15 points out of this guy in a quarter easily, and... But I think with him starting, it's a whole different mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. For, as, as far as... Uh, for me, this is a weird thing to say because he's my, my favorite king. Is I, I do enjoy him coming off the bench. I think it is that that Serbian sniper mentality coming off the bench that we, you know, yeah, he that doesn't we need. Have, he doesn't have as many options when he comes off the bench, so he does look for himself more. And that is a good thing. Um, just to return to something you said about Bagley... It is 24 games into the year. A normal college basketball season is somewhere between 29 and 35 games at most. So, is it about time for us to start asking, is he going to hit the rookie wall? Is he starting to hit the rookie wall? Because he's played that many games in half as long of a time. as I mean, with just about two months of the season in the books. Um for a player that motor that has a motor like he does, should we be worried about it, or should we uh, just kind of let him go free free reign? I think, given that it doesn't look like his back is you know any sort of problem, and he had the groin in the the summer league. As far as an injury standpoint, he looks fine. I think we should let him go. I, I don't think. I think we should you know, let him, kind of feel his way into um, the the NBA season, meaning I think he's definitely going to hit a rookie wall. I don't think he's hit it yet. I think the rookie wall is always, you know, at or around the All-Star break. And I think for now, I mean, barring another uncharacteristic six fouls in ten minutes, 
I think I, I do enjoy watching him. There's a lot of uh, like with Willie as well when he, you know he steps out and he wants to you know shoot the ball and be the seven foot guard type deal. And Willie's been great at that this year of not doing that. Um, there is this kind of like no, just get in the paint and grab a board or or set a pick or create some motion or so yeah I I think. Like like you were saying, I, I don't think he's hit the rookie wall yet. I think he will. Everyone does. You know, unless you're like Jason Tatum, who kind of just got better. I mean, better. He, he was just in a, he was in a really good situation, really benefited from not just playing with some of the best players in the league, but playing on a team where he could go stand and find his shot when he needed to. Um, it allowed him to play to his strengths and get better, as you said. I think Bagley's in a very different situation where he's going to be relied on a little bit more than Tatum was. But we'll see. It's just time will tell. And um, I think if that starts to happen, we'll, we'll hopefully uh, rely on him a little less and yeah, maybe and even give him a day off here or there. The other thing, too, is we also have two, you know, quote-unquote rookies because you have the Ben Simmons rookie in Harry Giles III. This is what I was alluding to, you know, previously. Harry Giles III got one minute in this game against the Pacers. And how he had been playing the week prior when Marvin Bagley was in foul trouble and Kostakoufis wasn't on as far as the half hook, you know, offensively. This is where I think I would love to see Harry come in in the third quarter like he was, you know, the week previously, even against the Pacers seven days ago. I think Harry is one of those... Players where you're so worried on so many fronts. There's the injury front. There's the maturity front. I think if anyone just needs more playing time, it's it's him. I would say when uh, Marvin hits any sort of wall, that's where it should be. The line change and yeah. we start getting Harry Giles more 20, minutes. 30 minutes a game. Yeah, I agree. Um, so let's let's move on. Next week we have a 50-50 week. 50% of our games are on the road and 50% are at home. And it starts off with tonight's game in Chicago. Uh, we play the franchise that probably is in the worst direction in the league in the Bulls. Um, having just fired Fred Hoiberg about two weeks ago, brought in a new coach who uh, by all reports is a uh, is very similar to Thibodeau and is Ernie, trying to authoritarian. Yeah, and is trying to run the guys out of the gym, both on, on, in practice and in games. With reports saying that after their recent back to back and with this Kings game tonight, they tried to run a two hour practice in the facility on Sunday, and the players were having none of it. So, uh, what do you what do you expect out of this this uh, last place Bulls team? Yeah, so the Bulls, they're last in the East. Right now they're poised uh, with the second best percentage at the number one pick. Uh, tied, actually, for the first because as of this year, all uh, the, the top or the bottom three teams will all have the same lottery odds. Oh, yeah, you're right. Okay, good call. Either way, um, they suck, and I don't see that changing when your Sacramento Kings come into town. I think we'll be somewhat... Rested, if you could, you know, say 
rested, I guess. Yeah, we're not playing a back-to-back on the road like Saturday was. Um, Another interesting thing is the Kings have done very well against teams that we should be winning against. So look for that trend to continue. Um, I, I, I really like the matchup here with Zach Levine and Buddy Heald. Two pretty decent budding stars. Um, one with a bigger spotlight just because he was on a pretty decent team in Minnesota and now the, the star of the Bulls. Um, so that'll be an interesting one to look out for. Yeah, so the other thing is the Bulls just came off like a 60-point loss. Yeah. The worst in franchise history, I believe it was actually 56, if I can do quick math. Yeah. Yeah, 56-point loss. The worst in franchise history. Um, and so, are we going to tag him for uh, a 60-point loss? I'm going to go out on a limb and say no. But I think we should. this should easily be a double-digit win for the Kings. If, like in Phoenix, we force turnovers in the first quarter and we convert. I don't mm-hmm. think we need to go anywhere outside of our comfort zone. And hopefully, all the guys will be running, you know around 25 minutes because we'll be throwing Ben McElmore out there the whole fourth quarter to, you know, show us how terrible he is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like you said, good little matchup. I Zach Levine, always fun to watch. Um, probably about to see some highlight reel uh, dunks out of him. Yeah, as really, long as really his knees ex- stays yeah. healthy. Expanded his game, too. He's, he's a threat anywhere on the court. I mean... Yeah, he's a, he's a good shooter. He's really just all around becoming a better player, which is fun to watch. So, uh, let's, let's look uh, forward hopefully, to... Hopefully he doesn't waste his uh, his career with such... I mean, with with a, such a terrible team. Yeah, I mean, he was this close to being a king. Uh, so, interestingly tied to us for a while now. Um, anyway, let's move on. On Wednesday, I believe. Yeah, Wednesday. Home game. Golden 1 center. The Minnesota T-Wolves. I believe we've we've won both games against them so far this year. Yeah, we play... Yeah, we... Yeah. Um, and we also play them again in, yeah. in a week. T- in in a Minnesota. Time. So, it's a, an interesting team. Minnesota has been through their fair share of ups and downs culminating with the trade of Covington and Sarge for Jimmy Butler. Um, they're they're an interesting team now with Cat being probably one of the best budding young stars in the league um, alongside a bunch of really good role players in Covington and in Sarge who proved themselves in Philly. And with one Maple King who's really underlived all expectations in Andrew Wiggins. Yeah, so right now, um, the uh, obviously there'll be a couple, you know, game in between, but right now the Kings are only half game up on the T-Wolves, and uh, I do. I think the T-Wolves will make that push, obviously the playoff push. I don't know where they're going to end up because, I don't know, I could see the Grizzlies kind of trending down. Yeah, you never know, know what might happen to that Grizz team in terms of injuries, which has been a, such a big problem for them in the past. So, you know, if we can beat the T-Wolves, obviously, you know, a home game. If we can beat the T-Wolves, that's that's a quality, you know, like the college football playoff. That's a quality win. Yeah. Um, Definitely one to, to remember for the rest of the year. Uh, you want to move on to a, another good home game. Free ticket alert. If you are following the Kings on social medias, you'd already know about this. Friday, we play 
are real in-division rivals, the Golden State Warriors, um, with a, a good home turnout. Let's hope to get that yearly win that we get over the Warriors. Yeah, this one will be tough because uh, it's looking like Draymond's coming back, or you know, yeah, returning. I think tonight or tomorrow. So they'll be they'll be healthy, and obviously, they they will be you know still without Demarcus. He's been uh, looking like he's gonna play a couple games or at least train with the old uh, G League affiliate Santa Cruz Warriors, where mm-hmm. his brother is uh, is is a current player. As is Steph's, uh, I believe. Brother-in-law, hmm. really interesting. Yeah, uh, nepotism there. Of, of course, you're gonna have to sue. Yeah, um, <laughs> good point. I think this game, you know, is obviously it's gonna be loud. It's a Friday night, Golden One Center. There's gonna be a lot of bandwagons, as there always are in Sacramento. Yeah, just please refrain from like. Punching a little kid in a Steph Curry jersey. Yeah. No violence. Yeah. Just I'm, verbally a cost. Yeah. They're, verbal abuse is fine. Um, Just keep it PG. Correct. PG-13, you know, you know your audience. Yeah, you don't want to be yelling at a little kid. But if some idiot's coming up to you in that, you know, fresh out of the box KD jersey. Tag's still on. Yeah, tag's still on. Scent of snake he's in about, the air. He, he's about to get tagged. So, um... Yeah, just try not to get hit up in the drunk tank, either. Um, yeah, and then uh, if worse comes to worse, just say that you're from out of town and you need to set your own court date. Yeah, w- worse. Yeah, if uh, if if all things uh, go south, just when you're spilling out onto J Street, and uh, you know, just uh, use that four two forty speed that you got to dip the cops. Anyway, uh, the Warriors. Everybody knows what's up. They're the Number one seed in the West now. Yeah. Back to their rightful spot. Poised to win another championship. Um, not much to really talk about there. Let's get a good win like we have the last few years. And uh, let's uh, look ahead to Dallas. A really interesting the game. The game we've all been waiting for. The we're, game we didn't know we were going to be waiting for when they set the schedule. But now the game we're all waiting for. Especially after the draft night. Experience everybody expecting us to take Bagley or Luca, and we went with Bagley. So uh, that that opens up this conversation. Do you regret Vladi taking Bagley? Do you think we should would have been better off with Luca? And uh, yeah, what do you what are your thoughts? Well, as people who know me know, I have a very short attention span. And I see Luka single-handedly dismantling the Rockets. God, 11 points to close the game. And I see Marvin Bagley fouling out with four points. I, You know, everyone know who knows me knows I was very high on Luka Doncic before the draft. I still believe that this team could be 500 or, or better with Luka. Obviously, it would be a whole a whole different type of, uh, of feel... To, to uh, you know what we're doing as far as minutes with the bigs. Obviously, we never would have anticipated this huge ascension in play with uh, Willie Cauley Stein. You know, we don't, we can't see the future necessarily. I think, um, I think we were drafting Marvin in with the thought process that 
we were go- not going to throw Willie a contract and he would leave. And we'd kind of work from there. Now we're in this tough spot where I think we should re-sign Willie Cauley-Sion. I mean, he's... Yeah, I mean, even for somewhere in that 11 to $14 million range per year, he'd be a great addition to the team, even as a second unit big. I think the one... Yeah, I think the one thing I want um, to see now more than ever is the Bogdan... Luca playing side by side. Yeah, I think that would be you know you you think you take Bielitsa and Bogdan when they're on it's like oh my god, but just imagine Luka Doncic and Bogdan. I I I don't I couldn't contain myself. I uh, yeah I really wish that would have happened. Um, and don't get me wrong when when Bogdan throws up a lob to you know to Marvin and it's you know the most athletic play I've ever seen. I still go wild. Yeah, and I think Marvin is a project. And I think he will work with this team, but my God, I I don't I think Luka Doncic is a generational European player. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've heard a few arguments from various people, including my own brother, of why they they Huge like shout out. Yeah, <laughs> and about why they like uh, Bagley and have liked Bagley over Doncic since um, the draft. And one of those is often Euroleague players never make it. And if you're a Kings fan and you say that, you're not a real Kings fan because you're doubting two of our best players right now. Belly and the Serbian sniper himself, Bogey. And also history dictates that that's, you know, without the classic uh, European connection, I don't think the Kings would even be relevant at all today you know, 15 years ago, or or anywhere in between, um, I'll, I'll let you finish, but I, I would say the one argument that I always hear is, Luca's a four-year pro, Bagley's fresh out of college. I think, I don't necessarily, I put that, I, I don't think a four-year pro in Europe I think they have just as much to prove in their first year in the NBA oh, yeah. than a first-year player out of college. I don't think four years professionally in Europe... I mean, think about it. Marvin, ba- Marvin Bagley went to Duke. And we all know, you know, even if he's not getting paid under the table, that's playing you know, in front of the Cameron Crazies mm-hmm. on a national stage, day in and day out. That's professional basketball. Mm-hmm. Or about as close as you can get to it. You know, it's not playing in the EuroLeague... Uh, against men World Cup yeah. or whatever they want to call it over there the you know Euro, the, the Euro Cup Euro Cup or the world it's like the who knows whatever. it's a cup if you watch basketball overseas let us know send us an email at the kings in the north pod at gmail.com if you're that fan if you're that kings fan overseas hit us up with the uh, the city your name the city you live in and uh, why you love kings basketball we'll shout you out on the podcast we love the uh, Vivek NBA 3.0, blah, blah, blah. Back to Bagley versus Luka. I think that, obviously, you know, we're 20-something games into the year. and we're Marvin our best year ever. And, yeah, and, and, Marvin ba- and Marvin Bagley doesn't look bad by any means. So who are we to complain? Yeah, I mean, at this point, hindsight is 2020. I mean, in that case, foresight was also kind of 2020. But... We're we ha- we're stuck with Bagley. 
We can't complain about It's not even that we're anymore. stuck with Bagley. Yeah, we, it's just we that, have a very talented youth player. It's just that we, we have a player that isn't a superstar right now. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, if you look at the buzz of the league, Luka Doncic is a superstar. Yeah, oh, definitely. And, I mean, I think we can't really... What we keep... can all agree on is that the Suns were stupid for not picking Luka. Yeah, really a, a, question, a head scratcher, especially with their lack of a distributor. So, uh, let's... Which is where he really excels, more than I thought he would. I mean, I, I, I just watched some classic YouTube Luke, vids. Luka Doncic is what everybody thought Lonzo Ball was going to be. Yeah, Lonzo and, Air Ball. Yeah, so we'll, um, we'll, we'll leave it at this. We're, we have Bagley. There's no reason to continue comparing these guys as if we could have Luka. So let's all get behind Bagley. And well, we could have had Luka, but we don't. Not so, anymore. We can't. We don't. So this game is uh, Sunday the 16th. This is a 4 p.m. Come uh, come see what all the fuss is about. And uh, shout out to the Mavericks for inviting two ringer uh, associate members, uh, Jason Gallagher and Isaac Lee, on onto the to the arena to play Hallelujah yesterday at the game. Very funny, leaning into it. Uh, it was a great great look, for sure. And now for everybody's favorite segment: What city? What song? So for this week. We have a couple of interesting cities, some that are not great historically musically, and some excellent ones like Oakland. Um, so let's start with Chicago. I picked the band Chicago. Of course. Uh, this song makes me think of basketball in general. Saturday in the park, because that's what I like to do on Saturdays. Hit up the park, play some ball. All right, that's actually a really solid pick. Didn't even, didn't even think of a good old Chicago. All right, uh, for me, what did I pick? Disturbed. Down with the sickness. Um, I mean, they've caught the king's flu of awful front office. So it's really, really a solid pick there. Yeah, well, wasn't even thinking about that. So thanks for picking me up. <laughs> Go ahead, Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota, little little known fact. Everybody thinks that Bob Dylan is from upstate New York. Was actually born in Duluth. Mm. So he's a, a Minnesota native. So just like the king's culture is changing... The times, they are changing. Mm-hmm. Good one. And the league's changing. The team's changing. Everything is up for a change, except for Dave Yeager's job, which we hope never changes. Solid, solid. Okay, so Minnesota. I picked Lil Yachty, Minnesota. Um, I'm hoping that the T-Wolves, um, the uh, the shooting goes shooting from three goes cold, like Minnesota. So yeah, there's or cold like a Sprite soda if you're LeBron. Of course. Um, for me, E40 and Oakland are one and the same. And so I chose Choices because it's just a, it's just a classic. You can't, can't choose wrong with that one. Yeah, good call. It's got the, uh, you know, the ties, the remix of the Warriors. So a solid pick. All right, I picked, uh, you know, similar wavelength. I picked uh, Too Short, Blow the Whistle. Because, mm-hmm. obviously, we're playing, f- you know, four Hall of Famers. And I think, you know, even though we're at home, I think, you know, they're going to get some superstar calls. So look for that whistle to be blown. Uh, all right, Dallas. And to close it off, Dallas. I chose uh, Bodies by Drowning Pool, a classic seventh grade Call of Duty song. 
Because when we're out there shooting those threes, we're letting those bodies hit the floor. You know, Deer and Fro- Deer and Fox cross you up, bodies hitting the floor. So uh, yeah, so just a, an all-time classic. That is a good one. All right, for me, this is a uh, not a seventh-grade Call of Duty song, but this is another throwback. I'm picking Ashley Simpson, "Pieces of Me" for Dallas. No real reason. I just love this song. It is. A, it's a great one. I haven't heard it in a while, and uh, you know, I was uh, flicking through my Rolodex. You know, it shows how old I am. I actually don't have a Rolodex of music. I don't think anyone does. But um, no, this is just a wonderful song. It, it it really brings back the good old memories. This this of elementary school. This one was on. Uh, AM 1470 Radio Disney and oh, yeah. all the time. Nothing so that's a huge hits. one. Although, you know, the Simpson clan is uh, out of Waco. That's close enough to Dallas. Shout out to Ashley Simpson for being caught on SNL lip syncing. To this song, no less. So that's a little good piece of bar trivia for you guys. Uh, just in case it ever comes up. Alright, that's it for this week. Until next week when we have a whole new set of cities and a whole new set of songs for you. And if you would like to let us know your what city, what song answers are, send us an email at kingsinthenorthpod at gmail.com. And if it's good enough, you might be featured. None of them have been good enough. That's why we haven't featured any. Let's uh, move on to Kings Against Humanity, our newest segment. So if you guys missed the last episode in this segment, we pull a couple cards against humanity cards, three apiece, ask each other, and get some nice little laughs in. This week, our first question Unfortunately, no one can be told what blank is. You just have to experience it for yourself. Okay, yeah, I think this is a this is a good one for the old kings. No one can be told what pace in space is. You just got to experience it for yourself. Yeah, it's really just a, a something you got to see to believe. All right, here we go. You can call me David Copperfield because I'm about to make blank disappear. You know, if you're looking at this through the lens of De'Aaron Fox, it's definitely those ankles. Because he's going to break them, take them, and bag them when he gets that layup in 2.2 seconds flat. There you go. Uh, So another one. I hate this job. I hate this place. Most of all, I hate blank. I quit. (laughs) Alright, so I'm looking at this through the old lens of uh, GQ Dave. I hate this job. I hate this place. I hate putting Bagley at the three. I quit. Yeah, really, really a questionable move by uh, Vladi saying he can play the three. So, uh, yeah, let's, let's move on. All right. What's a Russian plot to destabilize the West? You know, LeBron to the Lakers definitely destabilizes the West. <laughs> uh, we also would have accepted uh, DeMarcus to the Warriors, but yeah. uh, that's yet to be seen. <laughs> yeah, he's taking him down from the inside. And my last one, ladies and gentlemen, I propose a two-pronged plan. The first prong will be blank, and the second prong will be blank. <laughs> All right. So this one, uh, this is, you know, good old Vivek Rana Divek. Ladies and gentlemen, my two-pronged plan. First, Jimmer. Next, Stauskas? <laughs> yeah, you can even throw the third prong, Buddy, in that one. Yeah, well, that's fine. All the next Steph Curry's. <laughs> All right, and finally, I have solved politics. My solution is Kufus for president. <laughs> Costa Kufus. So uh, the join next us, president of the United States. Join us next week for another edition of Kings Against Humanity. 
yeah, let's uh, move on to our other newest segment, Conspiracy Corner. So last week you heard about Steph Curry just faking the injury. This week it's a league-wide uh, conspiracy. We're thinking big. So everybody's noticed the increase of the freedom of movement foul that everybody's complained about. You've heard it here many times from fine getter Ben. Uh, so I brought up the idea, hey, you guys remember last year when LeBron, Kevin Love, uh, Jordan Clarkson, everybody's ripping these jerseys? Uh, I think the league, in coordinates with Nike, came up with an idea to stop this by stopping the allow of tugging on jerseys and making refs force and crack down on that. So the conspiracy for this week, Nike is paying the league to make them stop ripping the jerseys and making Nike's jerseys look bad. And it's very plausible. There haven't been any jersey rips at all this season. So who knows? It probably is a real thing. It's probably uh, a real payment by Nike telling Silver to stop the jerseys from looking bad. Hell, I'd buy it. Yeah, I mean, not really uh, anything to disagree on there. So uh, let's move on. And now for everybody's other favorite segment, Dirty Dan's Hot Take of the Week. And since Dirty Dan has an exam tomorrow... We will be filling in for him. Yeah, he phoned in his answer like the little p*** he is. So we're effectively going to give him a redo this week. If you guys, you know, can think all the way back seven days ago, we asked Dan who was, uh, you know, going to score more between... Uh, Aiden or Bagley. And obviously we didn't get Marvin in that one, and we won by a lot. <laughs> um, but, so now we're going to ask the same question. The premier matchup that we uh, previewed... Before Dirty Dan, who is going to score more? Who's going to have more points in the matchup against the Mavericks next Sunday? Wonderboy Luka Doncic, the marvelous one, Marvin Bagley III. Oi, mate. For this one, I'm going to have to go with Luka Doncic. He played for Madrid, just like the GOAT, Cristiano Ronaldo. So, yeah, that's it. Okay, Dan. Uh, a, a great take will... Uh, We'll tally up your score next week. Cheer. And that's all for this week. Thanks for listening. Good day, lads.